Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV, on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Our topic for today is breaking the myths of the only child. Hello, parents of one and only one child. Do you have to defend not wanting or having another child? Do you feel guilty at not giving your child a sibling? Do you worry about your child feeling lonely? Or dare I say, spoiled because they only have you. There are so many myths and misconceptions about only children, and they are about as realistic as the stereotypes about all birth order stories. Today we have parents of only children at the square table, parents who are and parents who are not only children themselves. We have Nicole and Mark Rosen and Jana Neff. Let's find out what they're thinking about their only ones. So it's, we already agreed we have to let Mark talk first because he might not get another chance again in this se- in this session. So, Mark, how'd you get cornered into this? <laughs> I have a wonderful child. Um, I married an only child. It is constantly a thought that goes through my mind that explains oh, behaviors. Love it. Um, that explains differences between the two of us. <laughs> and it's constantly something when I stop and pause and try to think about ways that I'm parenting my only child. Mm -hmm. I think about whether or not this is a good behavior or bad behavior that comes from watching my wife, who I love and adore. Of course. And think is perfect. So Okay, so at what point, and tell us how old Eden is. Six. Six. So tell us how, how, when you discovered the connection between Nicole's uh, being an only child and Eden. (laughs) And then the other thing is... um, what is that stereotype? What are those? What are those things that are like the neon signs? Only child, only child, only child. The the first thing that I can remember is the pressure that we already you know heard in your opening statement about when are you going to have the second one? Yeah. And hearing from family members whose opinion you don't actually solicit all the time, um, basically saying we think it's the only fair. I've heard the word fair thing to do, the right thing to do. It's 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 you know, it's it's a bad decision not to go that route, not understanding the personal things that we discuss and our preferences and you know, other people's medical issues if they have them and sure. so forth. So, it's when when I started getting that pressure when Eden was maybe one, mm-hmm. those questions started coming up and I was already getting a little defensive and starting to think, well, I always assumed I would have 3 4 kids. And my wife always assumed she'd have one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. This is between us. This isn't about anybody else. And I actually have to start thinking about this. When did I start realizing that certain things, you know, between Eden and my wife were similar and maybe because of this? It really just comes down. I think about the two words you say, being lonely 
and being spoiled. So when Eden first came here to school, and I remember the first day she came to class, my biggest uh, concern was she started like a month or two late, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, so we're going to throw her into this environment with fifteen other kids. Or What's going to happen? Share, wait, have it's to wait everything." Her turn. Yeah. And it was great, and she was independent, and she walked in there. And I remember, I think our first parent-teacher conference, she said they told us that she's can be independent when she wants to be independent. There's a pro, mm-hmm. and. She is learning how to engage with others, which maybe some other kids had already done because they had siblings. So it, right as I'm sitting here today with a six-year-old, it's not a concern at all. I love my daughter. I, if, we never, if we don't have another child, my life is full of happiness. I wouldn't change a thing. And what, whatever pros and cons may or may not exist mythically or in reality, I don't care. Because I'm, I, I love my wife, I love my daughter, whatever characteristics she got from her, I love. The one she gets from me, I love. And what are we supposed to do? There you go. So. I lo- what a great intro to, the, to so many pieces of this. So, okay, to Nicole. Yeah. Did you ever, when did you start feeling the pressure, the question, or any doubts? I, I mean, sadly, more more from, unfortunately, Mark's family. Um, you know, my father is an only child. I'm an only child. So that wasn't something that was really in, in my home. Um, but just like Mark said, around one or one and a half, that common question of, you know, oh, she's so cute, you should have another one. And, you know, it's just fair, all that stuff. And, um you know, thankfully, Mark and I were on the same page. I think, like he just mentioned, I know he wanted, in his mind, more kids. But I think in this day and age, health-related things, money, you know, being able to give your children options and not have to worry so much about finances and just be able to give your children everything that you can, but in a non-spoiled way, yeah. spoiled manner. Um, but for me... I, I from the get-go, I think I always wanted one, probably because of my profession. Um, but it was never really anything that I thought beyond as soon as Eden was born, like that was it. I just was very comfortable. I just love that you guys were partners through this whole process and that that you found that that peace, no matter what you think is gonna happen in your parenting or in your family life, you know, Things don't always go the way you plan or the way you think they're going to go. And so the idea that said, like, oh, maybe I thought we were going to have a big family, or I thought the idea that you made the decisions together, I think, is priceless. Important. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, Jana, only child. Did you always know you'd only have one? No. Okay. Not necessarily. I mean, I didn't know what being a mother was going to be like. Right, right. And then along came Brianna, and it was like, whoa, this is heavy. And being in Mommy and Me with her and just growing with her, I knew in my head, that was good. I got my one. I don't know if I could do this again. I don't know if I could juggle two. I mean, two, I, it just seemed overwhelming. So was, is it or has it been a choice that you would only have one? At first, yeah, it was a choice for me, but I knew my husband, AJ, did not agree with it. Okay. He comes from three. I come from three. He wanted three. Um... So I said, you'd be lucky if you get two. Maybe I'll try for two. I didn't want to. I just wanted Brianna. And that's huge. You but know, I was going to do it people, for you. Yeah. When people don't didn't really pay attention yeah. to what feels right for them, like, mm-hmm. I'll have people ask me all the time, should I, should I? And I'm like, you're kidding me, right? Like, yeah, this is yeah. a child. Like, right. would you re- I mean, now, uh, one thing to, like, if you, when you and your partner decide, yes. this is what we'll choose together. But when somebody doesn't want to, 
that's big. Yes. And, and to be able to own that and say, look, this is hard. Yes. This is crazy. This We're juggling a lot of things. That's to feel that pressure outside of yourself instead of from within yourself or within your family. It's like anybody that doesn't want to, please, please, please talk to the people that will give you the support that makes you say you can make this decision yeah, for yourself. Pressure if you're questioning it and then everyone else around you is making you feel like one isn't going to work. You need a sibling. You need a sibling when you get older, so the responsibility is not totally on that one child. Oh, so you're going to jump right I've to that. I've gotten guilt okay, yes, from yes, the right, whole family right. with that one person, you know, from only children, mm-hmm. mother-in-law being an only, you know, I just got all of that pressure, which was a lot on me because I was dealing with one and the stresses of one and learning everything once. And mm-hmm. once I got it down, I was like, whoa, to do this again. Okay, so let's go right to the big question. Did you, have you come to terms with that question of, you know, what about when you're older and Brianna's there? I ponder over it, the poor thing. (laughs) The poor thing. You know, I don't want her to be totally responsible for us as we age and, and, you know, not to have a sister and brother because my sister and brother are my best friends. We've been through everything together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as close as we are. They say a lot of siblings aren't close which makes it easier for me in my head. I'm like, okay, maybe they'll fight and they won't get along. And I just talk myself through it because I know Brianna's everything I could want in a child. And that's you know, this, just how you I can feel. stay in the moment She's got and it in all. whatever, wherever you are in the parenting, it's like, you, how can you project, you know, 40 years from no, now? I'm not thinking so there. Huge. I'm thinking in the moment. Okay, yeah. so let's go to Nicole because you are an only child. Yes, but just going off of okay. Jana, like, yeah, I mean, hopefully in modern times, you know, we're all planning for our future that our children don't have to pay a burden. You know, a burden. Exactly. Yeah. And I also, being an only child, like, my friends were my family, and that's still, like, family, whatever we call it, yeah. and I'm still living that way and I hope that for Eden and Brianna and anybody else that's out there that they're going to have a support system God forbid when that time comes a husband a partner Coffee whatever it is that, that's not an excuse to have another child exactly. because there's other responsibilities that come with having another child and you know that the relationships that you build with mm-hmm. your family mm-hmm. or that with your spouse yeah. and, mm-hmm. that, and that sometimes chosen families yes. are strong so strong strong, strong. Yes. so the idea that you can somehow insulate and protect and give your child a certain kind of life Mm -hmm. because you're going to orchestrate it now that's that's a tough way to go i thought i was the first thing i I just wrote down a note and i said adults dealing with their parents and Mm -hmm. i i remember when eden was one two and that conversation came up or at least the thought process went through my head it's one of the comments i heard like well think about 40 years from now when you know you and nicole are like what a morbid way of living your life is that i I have to give this little girl who at the time was fit in my arms and fell asleep on me three times a day i have to start thinking about a sibling for her so that god forbid one day in 40 years from now when i'm ill she can't she has someone to make a decision with meanwhile I've watched my own parents. My mother's one of four. My father's one of three. They dealt with the death of their parents, and it was horribly difficult because you have four opinions. Nobody agrees. One person steps up. One person lives in the West Coast, and it's it was so complicated to the point where relationships today are very different than they were before because... They went through that process. So to think about that and saying, well, you know, in 80 years when we're all sick and and need help, she needs someone to lean on. It it was, I, 
I never struggled with that decision. Good. Um, and I do, by the way, one of the other things that you said I was thinking was that I, we've gone through the death of three grandparents, I think, since we've been together. We're there for each other. Like, whatever emotions I was dealing with, whatever decisions I had to make, we talked to each other. So, okay, so back to the myths, because here's what this all says to me, like, so clearly. And that is bullshit. It's bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> we were waiting for her to say it. Honey word. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so what happens is, as parents, you think, or not you, but sometimes people say, oh, if I do this, this, and this, I can plan for this, this, and this. Well, it doesn't work that way. But what you can do, what, what is within your power, sort of, is that you can raise a daughter and a son to have a great marriage, to have a great partnership. Now, can you insulate them from pain and suffering there too? No, but you can, tell them to, you can help them communicate. You can help them be in touch with their emotions. Mm -hmm. And so the great parenting strategies that prepare your kids for real life mm -hmm. are gonna be true for every child in big families and small families. Mm -hmm. So because it's about honoring this little person mm -hmm. and their journey. And then I also believe like, what do you teach best? You teach from yourself. Absolutely. So if you're if you allow yourself to be yourself and say, you know what, I don't have a sister, so you know, like, you know, remember that when that really good friend, you want to cherish them in a certain right. way, and right. uh, you can you find ways to share from who you really are Absolutely. to raise them in that special so way. So true. It is true. And what makes it easy for me, thank God, Brianna never asked. Mm -hmm. Some kids put pressure. Oh, it's She's a good been one. so satisfied with her being my best friend and me giving her pets whatever she wants I'll buy her a unicorn you will? <laughs> nice. let me know when you, you know, make that I have a farm hamsters Call now, I don't mind animals, unicorn. a pony a donkey I don't mind but she's like my one and yeah. she's my everything okay well I do have a question for you and, it it, it and it's not only true of first of, of firstborns or of only children though that is the myth out there but it was something that Mothering Magazine wrote. It had to be 25 years ago. And it was a thing about too precious parenting. And, and, that's, and, and in our world, you could have four children, and each could be a little too precious. And right. what does that mean? The too precious is when they run your house, when your children... Um, aren't part of something bigger than themselves. Namely, wow, mom has needs. I have to help mom because she's going to work today. I have to remember to say thanks for, for the good things that we have in our home and not take them for granted. Mm -hmm. So from the mom who's going to give her the unicorn, how do you balance the um, not being overindulgent? Because you can be if you only have one in ways that you might not be if your attention and your resources are divided against with many. Well, to me, with Brianna, everything's a reward because she's such a gem. She appreciates everything I do for her. I would never want to spoil child. Yeah. I would never. I know I have one, and that's the only thing I said I would never have spoiled Brad because you see them on Super Nanny, and <laughs> that show scared me for life. Like, I yeah. never. So And I tell everybody how old Brianna is. I don't know if we Brianna's going to be seven okay. in a couple weeks which is so hard as she gets older and she talks about each birthday, having one. I'm like, you're still six. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm enjoying every minute with her. Like I said, I could just pick up. We go to paint together. She's my best friend. Yeah. And I, I couldn't imagine my life with another one. I don't know how parents do it because how do you give your attention to each child? 
I mean, like I, mean, I said, say you do. some kids ask, uh, when are you going to give me a sister? I have friends. Like, when are you going to give me a brother? She never did. And to me, she was so satisfied with what she had in life. And even if That they she do, didn't feel the need for attention. No, she didn't. I mean, only recently because uh, this year at, at, she's at Donna Klein. Um, they must have done something in school, <clears throat> excuse family. me, that asked, you know, and she's the only girl in the class, only child in the class that is an only child. Everybody has siblings. Uh, so that was the first time she came home and was like, Mommy, you know, I'm the only one in the class that, you know, doesn't have siblings. And that was, you know, interesting, but we call her a limited edition. <laughs> and, you know, we That's say cute. that, you know what, this is the way it is. And, you know, we have these opportunities and lifestyle and things like that that you're accustomed to. That Not to say that other families don't provide those things, but, you know, piggybacking off of you, you don't want to spoil a child. And it goes back to your parenting skills. You know, Eden has to earn things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I love about only children and, and my experience as an only child as well is they're very independent because they're Mm -hmm. around adults. Like, they don't have a sibling to kind of pick up strange behaviors or, you know, learning, you know, bizarre things. Um, You know, so I find that they're more confident, more, you know, self-assured. And so that, to me, again, of course, comes from that parenting. But that is such an amazing thing. And it really... As a teacher as well, I see mostly out of only children. I find that other kids that have siblings have a much harder time with that, maybe because they have, they're have they shared from their parents and shared from their siblings. So I think it's a, it's a very you know, important piece as an only child to gain that independence. So the two things that I, that I want to ask first is that the idea when, she, when they're out there in the world mm-hmm. and they have that, um, that sense of, I'm going to go back a little bit further. I'm going to come back to that confidence. the um, That sense of like, oh, you're the only one in your class that's an only child. No matter who you are, somehow your family can't always match up and compare to other people's families. And so as parents, I think you're always helping them understand, but this is our family. Mm-hmm. And so I do think it's essential for everybody out there. I mean, there's going to be times when you're like, I can't give them everything they ask for, mm-hmm. even the unicorn. Yeah. But it's but that <laughs> idea of, you're right, you are the only one. Hmm, wonder what it's like to live in a house where you have to, you know, take turns or go to your brother's soccer game, you know, and and help them understand, like, your life is this way because this is our family and other people have different lives. And they still have the empathy and the kindness and the compassion. But they pick up on that, you know, from from play dates. You know, know, I'm not mentioning people's names, but, you know, family Mm -hmm. that comes to mind that my child spends a lot of time with and sees the dynamic of siblings. They do see siblings. Yeah, so they're exposed to yeah. Okay, so here's my next question for you, and this is for all of you. Yes. And that is the, that they don't have to to defend their stuff at home, and they don't have that. You know, when you're negotiating with adults, you get to negotiate very differently than when you negotiate with a, a less mature peer right. or, or a sibling. So, right. you know, because with a sibling, you're just going to bash them or just right. take it or just do whatever dynamic work within that family. How do you how did you help her understand that her peers weren't always going to make those mature and responsible decisions that she was going to get pushed on the slide that that she was going to have to fight to get her bucket back at the beach you know that how how did you help her become resilient um, in those social settings I mean I may not have made the right choices but I often would say you know we don't do that in, in mommy and daddy's house you know if I saw something of that nature but for some reason Eden we never really had to teach her about sharing that came like innately you know with her um, so that didn't come up in conversation but again she would see she'd come home and say somebody took something from me so it was just that 
conversation would come home and you were forced to sort of educate your child. And a lot of times it was just, well, those are choices that some people make in their home, but, you know, this is our house and we, we do it A, B, and C. I think we also recognize that where she's in school for seven hours a day, five days a week, camp, I think, six hours a day, and she's been doing that since she was two and a half. So, you know, that that the other thing I was thinking about earlier that I think you mentioned was about the community and about how our family is, you know, we're the three of us, and that's the unit that is most important to always defend and, and protect and, and so forth, and you're always going to have love there, but there is a community, yeah, right. and nothing embodies that word more than the building we're in right now. And she really feels a part of something. So these friends that we go to, I, I, if we're here in Boca for the next 10, 15 years, I don't know how she won't grow up in this community feeling like she has 30 brothers and 30 sisters exactly. that she's known her entire life. Mm, I mean, I, I listen, I grew up in a household of four, and I, I feel very close to the community I grew up in, yet I have no relationships with any of those people anymore because the depth... That you know that that of of the relationships and of the you know the interaction in that community. It was a spiritual community, but it wasn't like a a daily and, and uh, you know super in depth um, community for me. So I have a tie, an emotional tie to it, but no real ties to it whatsoever. Right, right, right. I don't think she's growing up in that environment. I think the way we are growing up here, and maybe it's because we're both. So here going. with, but we also have no family here. So we have chosen yeah, to make, to make this yeah. community well, here. This is what I'm hearing her, is, her I mean, so I mean, poor Nicole's the only only child at the table, <laughs> but it's. What's interesting about it is that no one would look at you ever and say you're not, you don't have the social skills um, or that you are this selfish, self-contained entity. Mm-hmm. You, you, from the minute we've met you, have been very open, very inclusive, and even Mark's describing a family that doesn't ha- that, that's very solid, mm-hmm. but that has these very soft boundaries because your friends are part of or an extension of your family, in a, and that you're looking at it as a forever relationship. Yeah. No, but that's, a, and, and we spoke about this before, um, you know, my upbringing wasn't so jolly, and I think that because of that, I grew up in a lot of friends' households because I was escaping from, you know, what was the dynamic that was going on in my home, and so I've always really valued my friendships, and I was never a self, like, uh, even astrologically, I'm a Leo, but I'm not that type of person. Like, I think I, I had to be selfless most of my life because I wasn't given maybe the proper upbringing. Um, so I, that was ingrained in me. And then, of course, taking that experience as a parent and as a teacher and as a business owner that works with children, I've always made sure that, you know, positivity is around, community is around, and that those people that we make those relationships with are just like nourished and like food. I mean, I literally, I eat and we call everybody and say, it's and so-and-so and and so-and-so. And And sometimes I feel bad for Mark's sister, who's truly an aunt. But regardless, like she, you know, knows that these people love her in that way. And and that's how she's becoming more self-assured and also learning about dynamics of of, of family beyond us. I can't imagine a situation where having more of those relationships could ever be Detrimental. I mean, no, you know, like in, any no one could object that that Eden is loved and connected mm-hmm. to lots of people and lots of families, and then to even something bigger than that. For sure. 
So, Jana, did you ever find yourself in, in having to do anything? And again, Brianna is a very social little girl. She's independent. Um, she's social. She self-plays. But I feel bad because there's some times where I'll play with her, but on a weekend, I just want to relax and... She wants to play, and I don't want to play, you Does know? Does she prefer I want to, like, adopt a kid peers? just to play with her for a couple okay, hours or yeah. call a friend and just drop your kid off. I don't want to hang out with you. Just drop your kid off. Right. And I'm finding vacationing is tough if we don't go with friends and the three of us because it's not relaxing. Right, right, right. I see that beautiful lounge chase. Ocean. <laughs> Mommy, let's go collect shells. No, I just want to relax. And I feel like we almost fight for my husband's attention, like mm. fight a little bit. Like, that's my dad. That's when she wants daddy. Interesting. When we're home, mommy, 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 because daddy works. So when we're away, she's, like, fighting for his attention with me. And I'm like, that's my husband, and that's your father. And that's when it gets a little awkward. Well, and that's a very natural setting where you can look and set, where she can feel that little bit of, Oh, I have to share my daddy with mommy, you know, yeah. and it's like, and you can say, you know what, That's I totally. love daddy, and we're having a date night, and you may want to come along, but this is a grown-up thing. Like, every time we kiss, she gets in between us, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> she literally That's sees sweet. us going to hug, and within seconds, her eyes turn, and she's, like, in between us. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is that okay? Is that normal? Is it's that okay. sad? Because it's, it's your home, it's okay. That doesn't, there's no... There no, is no, no, I mean, it, yeah. it always, it, the, the bottom line is, whatever she's bringing is hers. And it's real and it's true. Yeah. And then it's, but if you were to say, oh, you don't want me to kiss daddy or you don't want me to go on a date with daddy and you only want mommy, that would be a dangerous yeah, path sure. to take because then she would have all the power yeah. to dictate everything. But if she, but if you're saying, sure, you love your daddy. Well, your date with daddy is on Sunday morning and my date with daddy is on Saturday night. Dates with Eden? Is that, are you? No, we, we struggle even coming okay. here. She stands in front of the door and blocks the door. <laughs> she loves us so much. It, it's 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 No, it's beautiful. Amazing. Like she wants family hugs and but second hugs also, and third hugs. To me, it's one of those signs that is real mm-hmm. that she's an only child. She gets all of our attention all of the time. And when we want to go out on a I Tuesday night to go to a movie, she often breaks down, sure. stands at the door, one more hug, two more hugs, three more hugs. And, you know, eventually, you know, it's fine with, with the babysitter, but um, it's one of those things. She gets all of our attention, and when we can't, because we have an obligation or whatever, it does, I do see some problems. And, here's, and here's the, and I love that you use the word, and it's real, and it is real, but here's what happens with all the birth order literature. All the research, especially it's come out since um, 2012 forward, is that, because we all know the stereotypes of the firstborn, the middle child, the baby, the family, and, but the, it's only true because kids and parents believe it to be true. Mm-hmm. So what happens is if you say, oh, she's, she is this, she will become more of that. But if you look and you say, oh, you know what, she's try. this is what happens because she's used to getting all this attention. There, and, and it's all parenting. It's discipline. It's, it's teach. It's everything we do. It's like if you, over, if you schedule six classes in a week, then two months from now you might have to go, okay, let's back it down to four classes. You're always walking that tightrope, and you're, it's, it's never static. It's like too much this way. You see something in the behavior. You have to pull it back this way. So what happens is... Whether you have one child and they're over-demanding 
And that could just be personality or temperament or a right. million other. I mean, firstborns with with firstborn children, that's a whole different dynamic. Married to a firstborn, right. that that's a big deal. But only if you're not aware of how you're you're staying within the the those those crazy walls. So when you just when you just say, uh-uh, you know what? I know you love us and we love you and this is our family and I'll see ya. Um, that's okay. And so. The the trick is always just how do you counterbalance? Because with four siblings, with right. three, you know, you had to your parents had to negotiate not to only have the highest expectations on the oldest and not to relax all of the rules for the youngest. Where did you fit in your sibling? I, I just I'm just one of two, so I have an one older sister, and, was, and, I'm and you're the only boy. And I'm in the stereotypical family, older sister, more outgoing, more popular growing up. More dominant. I'm the shy one, the really? one that followed all the rules, etc. I'm the typical baby of the family. Uh-huh. Um, she's the one that you know got grounded, and I got nothing because it wasn't as bad as what she did. Love it. So love it. you know, I see that dynamic, and I love my sister, and uh, you know, we have our good days and our bad. But I, you know, I look at my family today, and that was my dynamic. This is a different dynamic, right. and it is what it is. And this is it. We our circumstances have influence in us. But I think what Nicole described earlier is, but we have so much choice. It's, it's, it, it's, it doesn't have to be predictive, right? but it will certainly influence. And then it's up to us how we maneuver around it. So you love your sister. I come from three. Three. I have a sister and brother. I'm the oldest. Oh, okay. I was always the favorite. So this day. <laughs> I'm the coolest. I was, my sister would get slapped in the face at the dinner table. I was the one to rile everyone up. I was like the mouth, but yet she was the last one to say something. And it's the same to this day. But the only thing about three is it was always two against one. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. either like my brother and sister playing and one, t- you know, it was never like the three of us playing together, which made it hard. And now as we get older, I think my sister and brother being closer in age are closer. And sometimes I get jealous, but I'm like, you know what, I don't do my own thing. Right, 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 right. I mean, everyone's just very chatty into everyone's life. That's the thing about siblings. And everyone's like, oh, how's she, she, how she mothering? And, right, they have opinions. And have opinions, yeah. And my brother hasn't had a kid yet. My sister has two, and we're like, he likes his life. He lives in Miami, and you know, he's. In, but we're like, we want another baby in the family. Oh, so you're gonna nag him to have a baby? He's yeah, he doesn't want at least. He's like me. We're similar personalities. <laughs> so he's selfish, and I'm selfish. He's like a more selfish version of me, and he likes selfies, and he goes out, and he has a great life. And I'm like, you have to give me one. There's two you questions know, in my chaos. brain at the moment. One is, um, it, uh, it's, it's about only child, but it's kind of a general parenting, and that is when you describe when somebody has multiple children and they're all together, it's chaos, it's uh-huh. insane, it's loud. Yeah. Uh, parents lose control, control. Yeah. over the situation. So you have the illusion of having being, of being able to create, I mean, control. I mean, the, the, the peace and the harmony is real. Right. Is that a trade-off? Is that, I mean, is... we? I think we think it is. I, I don't know, like, obviously we don't live in those other families 24-7 to really yeah. see the dynamic. As an outsider looking in, agreeing with Janice, saying, I always feel like anybody that I'm with that has siblings or multiple children, it is. The chaos, chaos. is a good... There's always, this one's over there, this one's fighting, that one has to go here, and the mother's driving all around town. And, you know, we just don't deal with that, but... Who is to say that that's better or worse? Do you think your children lose anything by not having that? 
I don't see in that situation, no. I don't really think, I mean, and again, maybe this is just different, more modern times than, you know, all the literature that we're reading from 25 years ago. I think it's now that we're getting married later in life and women are fertile later in life, this is becoming more more of a norm. Right. So I don't, I don't think our children are missing out on anything. I mean, it all kind of comes back to, to love and dynamic in the family. I mean, if the husband and wife, you know, God willing, are nurturing, then they're going to nurture their child to continue to grow as a beautiful individual. And I don't think that matters whether you have a brother or a sister or you're by yourself. I mean, it's well, well, nurture. Right, I think it, go ahead, Mark. Because you've say, lived it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, there's two things that I think about all the time. Number one is that sense of family. And I know earlier I said, you know, your, your community can be combat. But at the end of the day, blood is blood and family's family is family. Mm-hmm. And, um my sister and I, when I moved to uh, Florida in 2001, um, there were no grandchildren yet of my parents. And my sister said, you know, if this is permanent, can we just make a commitment to each other that when we do have kids, mm-hmm. we are going to do everything in our power, no matter what is going on in our lives, to make sure that our kids grow up with the same level of closeness that we did with our cousins who lived down the street. Mm-hmm. And we've held to that now. So my niece and my nephew, we see them as often as we can. Now, thank God, there's FaceTime and Skype, and so there's a constant relationship. So despite not having that in the house, the reality is the iPad's sitting on the table, and it rings probably four times a week because it's her cousins in Chicago who want to talk to her. So there is a place, there is a way to meet, for me at least, to replace some of that um, so that they do feel a sense of, family, right. real family, um, that's just beyond the four walls of that our house. That will never disappear. That um, will never change. Right. So that's the thing. That being said, when, you, when you're picturing this environment where there's all these kids running around, the one thing that just still gets me, and I, I, I saw it last weekend, you weren't with me, but um, is the difference between being part of like a, a fun time and being alone. And I think you said it when, you know, in your opening about that myth of being lonely. It worries me all the time. I see this little girl. I look at her, and she's playing independently. And I, I'm so happy that, wow, look, she can play independently. But last week, we were, at a, we were out of town for Passover. Mm-hmm. And we went to a public um, a synagogue, you know, through the JCC. We went to a public seder, a community seder. And we walked in there, and my daughter walks in and she sits and she does all the prayers and everything and then there's a table for all the kids to do activities when they get bored so she goes over there and she's engaging with strangers it was phenomenal all the strangers who were part of this community these little kids got up and were playing with each other and Eden wasn't done drawing her picture so she sat at the table by herself and I turned around and it hurt me for one second I'm looking over there I'm like she's all by herself like if there was a brother or a sister, mm. they would be there together. But was she and upset? No. No. And, so they, who and cares? It, it, it hurt me yeah. for a second well, that's you until I realized. From having you know a what? sibling, exactly. knowing that but that's he always just had a, his But that's a mindset. There. Like she was completely fine. So you're completely. putting like an ideal in your head. If she came to you the, after that's and That's a beautiful said, process yeah. to experience. It's something that I need to come to terms with. When we decided not to have another child, that's something that I've struggled with that when I see that happen, and this was it was a beautiful yeah. situation yeah, but that it's still a different you know, bond exactly. and it could have even happened with a sibling there sure. right. si- sibling with, with, a, with a sibling with a different temperament and personality sure. the sibling could have went oh like that's my stupid little sister right. I'm going right. to go over here yeah. right. and and you would have still looked I mean I think parents with multiple children like look and go oh where's her brother you know like mm. you know there there is there's always I think as a parent you're never immune to that is it enough yeah. The yeah. beauty of it was, if you fast forward five minutes, she was running around she in circles re- with all the kids because she was done with her drawing. So she was 
independent, made a decision, I don't know, without the influence of anybody else. But I and get your mind frame. She, exactly. And I think that's the gift. I don't have that mind frame. I have what he has. Like when I see my niece and nephew sometimes and I see him grab her hand or they laugh together, they're like little blonde curly twins. I'm like, I sometimes it hurts. It really does. As much as I want to accept and I want to brainwash myself and tell myself this is the life for me, when I see siblings getting along when they're fighting, I like, feel good because I'm like, yes, I don't have that. Right, right. But when I see the connection, it hurts. Well, we all really have does. one but she won't have of that, that ever. fear of missing out or that or that sibling envy. I mean, it's like, I, you know, we did the twin podcast. It was like, oh, I wish I had a twin. You know, like, you know, I wish I had a sister. You know, and I'm really happy with my brother. But, you know, the bottom line is no matter what the yeah, dynamic the is, always is everyone, there's everyone. always something yeah. you can look at and think your child is missing out on. And then it's just... It's that stepping back and looking and going, is she okay? Does she need help? Does she need support? Does she need some skill building? And the answer was no. She right. Was, and as a married thriving. couple who, me being an only child, like, I would look at that situation completely different. Like, ah, that amazing. wouldn't have affected me at all. I More of, like, on the odd, like, being proud that she's finishing her picture on her own and that she had the self-confidence to not run off. And, you know, to me, I, I would have wanted her to complete her task or whatever it is. Um, so I, I look at those things differently. And, and even as, a, as an only child in a crazy upbringing, I never... I, I really don't ever remember wishing for, even in my craziness, wishing for a sibling. It was never a part of me. And, and I think that, um, I don't know why that is, but I I appreciate that that side of, of Eden and, and myself that, you know, sometimes, yes, when you're in a relationship and you get married, you know, it's an interesting to, I was never, like I said, selfish, but you do have to think of someone else. And we kind of have jokes. I say I a lot. Um, you know, my daughter or whatever, you know, those types of things. And he's like, hi. But I love and appreciate the, the independence. I think that in this world, that's that's a really important thing to, to, to have. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's learned, if it's genetic, whatever it is. I'm proud that, you know, our daughter and, you know, Brianna yes. as well can can do that. I think there's a lot to be said for that. And you some know, kids you future. see that can't cope by being by themselves. They don't know what to do with themselves. But when yeah. you have that one child that's got everything that you want them to have and you see it's okay. And, the and if they're struggling, is- then I would feel more pressure to right. give her what she wanted. But if they're satisfied... And they've got the smarts, and they're cute, and it's like, why play with fire? The next one could come out a beast and be stupid. No, I mean, I, mean, I agree. She's got my husband's brain. She's got my wit. Yeah, she's got the perfect everything. No, it's Go again? No, I agree. I'm going to go again. But it's true. You always hear that. Like, your kid's perfect. You're like, what if the next yeah, one's like a disaster? Yeah, the be a monster. Or even, like, your time. own health. Like, what if, you know, you have to be That's on bed? Right. God forbid. Like, forbid. you know you're okay. You got through the first one. Right. She turned out okay. I'm going to mess with Mother Nature and give birth to a beast. Of all of this for me, and the big aha from today's session for me is that what I hear is that idea of however you were raised, it, you, it gives you the lens to look through. And we're really lucky that we had three very different grown ups at the table who were seeing their children's experiences and their own experiences um, again mm-hmm. through this experience. So we'll close with the wrap up question that I always ask, and it's How have you yeah. got this? You've really got this in a million ways. I mean, and just being so proud and smiling at your children and knowing that they are everything. Um, but when you hear the criticism or when you, when you get those moments of doubt, um, how, do you, how do you just know that we got this for our only children? 
I've never had, I've really never felt that. So I, I can't relate, but I am confident in my decision. I'm confident in my marriage and our dynamic. And I see my child thriving. So I'm content. And I just say that that's BS and that's people putting their nose in someone else's business and they shouldn't turn away. So never a doubt. No, just, I really, I know. I, I'm really, I, I'm So I'm Nicole's 40. coming back for the confident parenting. She, yeah, I will. So it's easy <laughs> for her to say. But it's not, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think we had a conversation siblings. at one point, you know, in our marriage about having multiple children. And I, and just to, to say, I think for me, because I'm in a business that deals with children, children, I think some of that maternal need is maybe satisfied by what I do. Maybe if I was in a different profession, I would look at it otherwise. But again, I have a healthy child, you know, she she is beautiful and loving and everything that I could ever dream her to be. And I'm just extremely content with that. And I don't want to like mess with that. And it's also, and Eden also knows about you as a professional mom mm-hmm. and your work, which is very inclusive of her. Yes. So, you know, she's part, she has ownership in that yes. experience being with lots and lots of children mm-hmm. that way as well. Did you always agree with her decision? No. No. No, I think that, again, I love my wife, and I preface this. Oh. There are moments where that selfishness, which I think is funny to hear, you're one of three and you call yourself selfish. She's alone, and just by default, she is selfish because there's no one else she's she's yeah. to worry about she's self-sufficient. Growing around, yeah. you know, growing up. Um, so, no, we, we have, you know, I joke. I, she says, oh, yeah, I just got a new house. I'm like, no, we got a new house, you know. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm going on vacation by yourself? No, with, you yeah. know, with your family. That's I do that thing too. I That's it's, it's, it's so subtle and it's just something that I am. I'll sensitive admit it. to me. But, you know, so we don't always admit agree. It. You are. No, I'm kidding. But I think, <laughs> I think it's really awesome that you guys communicate the way you do and you reflect the way you do. And it, it, makes, it makes a really incredible family. I mean, there's real power um, there. Because and, and her, to be honest, her uh, way of growing up, you know, you always say that your your partner is supposed to make you better, and um, I think in one of the ways to answer your question, just going oh around goodness, the table, yeah. I wasn't comfortable in the beginning because the family that I grew up in, and I'm sure this is very similar, typical Jewish family, everyone's in everyone's business, and opinions are given without being solicited. So in that first couple of years where there was an expectation of having that traditional prototypical mm-hmm. to you know child household um i as the baby of the family felt like well my mom telling me this and my dad saying it and my sister saying it they're right because i'm the baby and so what do i know even as a 30 whatever Absolutely. seven Absolutely. year old man um nicole helped you know get me out of that level of i'm gonna call it insecurity i guess to say mark look at this beautiful family we have. are you happy yes I don't want anything more. I, I love my life and, and I love my family. And it just took some communication and it took just separating the way I grew up and those those familiar roles and my role as the baby family. It just took some confidence, some conversation with my, my very confident wife and just observing this beautiful life that I have to come to the realization that I don't give a you know, blank what anyone is telling me. I'm the only one that can evaluate my life, and I love it. So I'm good. Oh, my God. It took time, though. It took time. So. And, it, and it should take time because if it just if you if it's always there, it's not really real. Right. So I I think that the process you've gone through and that you've been able to articulate today. We should have was, had AJ come too. That yeah. Because his brother has two, his sister has two, 
and I still feel uncomfortable that I didn't give him his two uh-huh. or his three. I'm still at that point, but I know this is what's good for us. Like I said, this is healthy for our marriage. Does I know that I would a be big one. healthy for if the I had marriage another one, is huge. You see so many people have too many kids and it destroys. They mm-hmm. forget their husband and they focus too much on the children. Like to me, my husband's like my husband and my daughter's my daughter. I tell every woman it's so important. Don't forget your husband because he if the woman and the man are not. <laughs> we have some waving going on. <laughs> the woman and the man are not connecting. It's not a family. You've got to keep your husbands happy. And I love that. that any, and that's why I knew that, it wouldn't work for my. Per- I frazzle with Brianna. I'm a lunatic. I need to be medicated. <laughs> but anyway, I knew, I knew I wouldn't be sane and I wouldn't be the mother and the wife I am today. If I didn't have and my knowing who you suite. are and knowing what you need is yes, is key. I knew. and you're making me think of something like even hearing that, and then we'll wrap up. I earlier in our marriage when we kind of had the conversation first about having children, we were at very opposite side. Like he was ready to to start a family, and I wasn't. And I remember thinking like even like I got to go to therapy over this because I don't know how I'm going to express this to my husband. I knew I wanted a child, but I really needed to be ready. Again, being a teacher, there were other things that were there in my upbringing. But I remember that we had like a a really heavy conversation, and it was really scary because I didn't know how he would take it. And we obviously worked through that, but I knew that if if I gave into when he was ready, I don't know that I would have been the mother I am today if I had done that. Yes. So I expressed to him that I, I wanted to have Mark also traveled when we met. He lived abroad. And so I was like, we need time together in our marriage first to travel, to experience, to build a foundation so that when we bring this child into the world, you know, we have this and that's only going, you know, to add to her world. And I truly believe in my my heart of hearts that if I didn't do that, not that I would be a shitty mother, pardon my French, but I... <laughs> You know, I, I think that I wouldn't have been what I am today. So I think, again, that's it's very important to be true to yourself. Yes. There's moms out there you that, handle. you know, get pregnant. They don't want whatever's going on. You have to honor yourself because if you don't have this, you can't have anything yes. else. And keep working through and journeying through the questions. And, yeah. the, and those moments when you really feel... Um, that that moment of is this is this going the way we want it to go because it's a continual process you guys rocked it thank you so very thank you thank you so that's the mess for today we appreciate you listening to see me hear me love me seeing little people learn and grow listening to parents taking a crazy uncertain journey loving the fun and loving the mistakes you write the rules you write your story We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.